Today, I have a special guest, an entrepreneur, an incredibly motivating person who moved to helping others into creating a fantastic company. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Sveck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom, how to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Sveck. So here I am. I'm with Michael Cullen, who's the CEO of Novalti. A little bit of, uh, did I say that right, Michael? Okay. A little bit of disclosure. Mary and I have invested in the company. We're excited about it. So take that for what you will. I love what they do. And I wanted Michael to join us. Where are you right now, Michael? Uh, I'm in Halifax. So maybe you can take us the journey from, and I know we've talked about this, and and if you can just take us from where you started as a clinician and where you got to be where you are today, if you can just give us sort of the update because we we do have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen who are in that startup stage and struggling and stuff so why don't you tell us how you got started yeah um so about 10 years ago i shifted from a role as controls engineer where i was building power stations and factories and that kind of stuff to a rehab engineer where i was helping uh, individuals who were born with a disability who are acquired a disability so that includes uh, people the whole way from four years old to 94. And uh, I got a job in a rehab hospital in Toronto called Holland Blurview Kids Rehab Hospital. And my job there was to be the bridge between an occupational therapist and the technology that could be used to enable a person to have more control over their own life. And what year was that? When, when did that happen? That was in 2008. Okay, 2008. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, when I came into the, this field, I was dumbfounded about how ancient the technology was. It really hadn't progressed in about 30 years. Hmm. So what that had meant was that every time we actually worked with a client, because each client's disability is incredibly unique, we'd have to build a unique system for them. And what that uh, meant was each one of these systems would start at a minimum $16,000 and could go up to $40,000, depending on the person's residence. So when you say system, if I was the person, what would that help me do? So let's say, let's say we talk about Stephen Hawking. Everybody knows about Stephen Hawking. So Stephen Hawking is nonverbal and he drives in a power wheelchair. But let's say uh, Stephen wants to be able to control his TV. So we would give him the ability to change channels, turn the TV on and off, um, let's say if he wants to go out for a, a walk or a drive, uh, we'd give him the ability to open the door. If he was in his hospital bed, uh, we'd give him the ability to be able to move the bed up and down so he could get into a position for himself. Also, that would help reduce bed stores. So, we, you know, those of us who aren't disabled might think, well, what's the big deal So, of turning your TV on? And you would say, how would you respond to that? She actually did a presentation at a senior living conference, and she started off the, co- the conversation, goes, 
I know so much about sports. I know about so much about crows' migration patterns. But she goes, I know about this, not because I want to know, but because the TV channel was on, and I had no ability to change it. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I one client, um, I remember years ago, he was so looking forward to the first game for the, the Blue Jays. But somebody came in and turned on Oprah, and it was 24 hours of Oprah, and oh. he missed the game. Oh. So like, it, it creates all these frustrations, and they're needless frustrations. They don't need to be there. Right, right. So it's more independence for people who are handicapped for whatever reason. Yes, exactly, exactly. Either acquired due to an accident or an illness or, like, uh, born with a congenital uh, So you take, like, what an OT does, occupational therapist, and then you use technology to overcome those barriers so people can then be more independent. Is that safe to exactly, say? Exactly, exactly. And what, what we have done within Novate is we've uh, created a solution around that so our system, uh, we have eyes on each one of our deployments. So when this technology stops working, because technology always stops working, we know exactly what it, what's gone wrong remotely. And with that knowledge, we can guide somebody who's non-technical, who generally is the circular care about what to do and how to fix it. So how did you get from being a salaried employee to a CEO of a startup to where you are now? Like, that must have been scary as heck. So how do you how do you get from like did you have a lot of people supporting you or were there a lot of people saying what's wrong with you this will never work? Um, at the start, I had an awful lot of people telling me um, I should never do this. There's no money in disabilities and helping people. Yeah. Um, like you need to have a very thick skin. Uh, for me, it was more about the the sense of passion that I knew that if I persevered through this, that uh, I could create a system of change, and I would create a societal change. What was your lowest point, you think, in this whole process? Oh, um, lowest point would have been last summer, uh, when uh, Doug Ford got elected and he changed the way the money flowed through the healthcare system in Ontario, Okay. and we lost uh, a bunch of contracts. And then our investors saw that as people didn't want our system. So, like, we were getting uh, killed on both sides. Um, and the company was, was had no money. And I was losing staff. And I had to make a decision about either keep the company going or leave my family and move to Halifax and try and uh, change the scene and uh, have a, a different support structure. And I took the latter option, and it worked. So you moved your you moved from your family to Halifax to keep the, to to start the next chapter in the company. Yes, exactly, exactly. And one of the big things that I've noticed, like being in Halifax since last September, the community feeling that uh, is here for the startup community is phenomenal. 
absolutely phenomenal. It's like everybody has their arms around you, continually trying to support you. When you have a problem, you never feel alone. You can always reach out to somebody, and if they don't know the answer, they'll find somebody else. Why do you think that differs from Ontario? What do you think's going on there? I think it's the Irish connection. No one's <laughs> Irish. Sure, it's not Scottish? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course not. I, I really do feel like it's that sense of community is a lot more here than in Ontario, especially in Toronto area, where like, you don't know your neighbors. Everybody knows everybody else here. Yeah, that's interesting, the Irish connection in the in the um, the legacy of the East Coast with Irish people. I wonder if there's some other level spiritual connection going on there. Yeah, well, Doug, it definitely helped me being here and of Irish or Celtic heritage. Yeah. Like, it, it opens up a lot more doors. So, so you run this company, you're moving along, and then Ford gets elected, you lose some... You know, contracts and the and the um, the investors are fickle. They say forget it. So you move out east. You start up basically. You did you pivot the product or just where you were located? We just pivoted where we were located. The, the product morphed from like solely working with uh, people with disabilities yep. to uh, seniors. And yep. the thing was, we we never made that conscious decision. The market dictated us to do that. So how hard was it to listen? Because most entrepreneurs sort of put their head down and say, I know what the market's telling me, but this is what I'm going to do. And they sort of keep trying to push something down a market that doesn't want them. How tough was it to readjust that? Um, it wasn't actually tough at all. Like Basically, we had the market giving us money to be able to sell into this. Right. One of the pieces I do wish, uh, like looking back on it, was to take a step back to readjust um, how the sales cycle works because we were traditionally B2C and then we got pulled into B2B. Right. Which is a totally like a different way of selling. Um, but like we're lucky enough to have the support and we had uh, we got the contract with Northwood here in Halifax their long term care chain and they were immensely supportive. They were blown away by what the technology could do. They've seen the path forward and how it can change the way that care is given to people. Right. And they, they continually support the entire Now, your passion, what was your, your passion was to help people. Yeah. How much people helping are you doing in this company yourself? Um, well, I'm no longer directly dealing with the people face-to-face. On an ongoing basis, I always make it a point that at least once a month, I have direct contact with one of my clients, yep. either via phone or in person, just to catch up, to ask them how they're doing, is there any changes they see in the system. Um, but as the role uh, in the company, as the role changes, you um, get an understanding. Like I know where I am right now, I can have a bigger impact on a broader number of individuals than if I was just one rehab engineer. Okay. As we wind down the podcast, I know you're busy. You've got tons of meetings today. What piece of advice before we close would you give a startup who's just, you know, getting off their feet, they're struggling, they're just just making ends meet? What would you say to them to support them or not? Or what do you what kind of advice could you give them? Um, well understand the climate and the market that you're in. Uh, understand your how your customers buy is incredibly important. Understand what your customers are telling you, what they need, 
nowadays is not just for one but multiple people. You, one of the big things I see an awful lot of uh, startups building to build a product they perceive uh, a market wants but never really validate it. And when they do validate it, they validate it from one individual or one customer, and then that's not what's needed in the entire sector. That's right. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Michael. I'm with Michael Cullen, who's the CEO of Novalte. Look it up, folks. N-O-V-A-L-T-E. Uh, check it out. It's a great story, a great company, and we're excited to work with them. Thank you, Michael, for this interview. Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 